Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Why don't you take a seat? Thank you. Great to be back with you again, Praise Centre. Um, it's been so long since I was here live. I think it might have been the start of the year. Are you all well? Are you ready for Christmas? No. Well, I've just come back from um, 10 days of holiday, so I'm feeling really good today. Uh, we just did a road trip um, up the East Coast to, and then in, into the mountain. It was a great time. But uh, really good to be with you again. I want to thank your pastor for the invitation to be able to come and share God's word with you today. And as I've been praying about what to share with you, I felt drawn to one particular passage of scripture. And I want to share that with you today because I really feel that this is a, oh, I didn't know that was there. That, uh, that uh, what I have today is a real message from the Lord for you for 2022. So I want to encourage you today. Not just to listen with your, with your ears, but listen with your heart also today. And what you'll find is even though I'll say many things, there will just be one particular thing today that will go into your heart that will be the word of the Lord to you. So I encourage you to listen to everything, of course, but listen to that one thing that you fear really is the word of the Lord for you. I want to talk to you today from the book of Joshua, and I'll be turning to chapter 3 in a couple of moments. And and just reading a verse or two from there, Joshua 3, verses 1 to 5. The title of my message today is Crossing Over, Crossing Over. And that uh, verse is taken from verse number 1 of Joshua 3, which reads like this. It says, Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. So let me just give you a little bit of background of this text before we begin to apply it to our lives. Moses was dead and a leadership transition had taken place. Joshua was now the new anointed and appointed leader of the nation. This was the end of a season and a new season was about to begin. And this wasn't just a new leader, it was a new mandate. It was no longer going to be like under Moses. This was a new day. This was a new day when God was getting the people ready for conquest to move into the next stage of his purposes for their their lives as his people. However, importantly, it was still the same ultimate promise that God had given them of a land, a place of promise. And like this generation we're about to look at today, God is calling us to cross over from where we are at the moment to where he wants us to be. To cross over from our present position to our prophetic position. To cross over from the mundane, the mundane wanderings into the desert into the, into the, to possess the place that God has for us. To cross over from the crippling failings of the past into unprecedented breakthroughs in the future. To cross over from the dryness of the wilderness into the territory of the, of the, of the, uh, that God has marked out for us. And to cross over from the place of testing to the place of triumph. I would suggest today, friends, that God is saying to us here in Praise Center today, it is time to cross over from where we have been from two years of wandering into that place of where he really wants us to be in him. But the big question today is, well, how do we do that? 
And what I want to do is just draw some lessons from this text about how we can cross over from where we have been to where God wants us to be. What can we learn from this passage today about how we can cross over? Number one is this. We must face our challenges or our obstacles positively. If we are to cross over, we must face our challenges, that those are our obstacles, positively. So the children of Israel are camped by the Jordan River when, because of the season, it happens to be in flood. Verse 15 of chapter 3 says, Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during the harvest. Now please remember this. The Israelites are being led by the Lord. They're finally in the right place at the right time with the right attitude. And they take one step toward their destiny and they face a massive obstacle. It was a flooded river. Now, the flooded Jordan River represents many things in our lives, like barriers to our growth and fulfillment. It could be a lack of finance. It could be debt. It could be inadequacy. It could be inferiority. It could be the devil's intimidation. It could be impossibility. Or it could be a global pandemic. But the big question comes, how can I move from where I am to where God wants me to be with that in my way, with that flooded river in the way. And may we remember today that every new step in God will come with inherent challenges. That is why the Christian life is a life of faith. We don't focus upon the visible, we focus upon the invisible. The Christian life is not a life of intimidation and limitation and opposition and restriction but a life of powerfully trusting in a God for whom nothing is impossible. You know, I think of that quote by Winston Churchill that said, kites rise highest against the wind, not with it. And you may be wondering why you're going through what you're going through today. And I want to say, friends, it's like God is blowing that wind so that you can go higher in Him. But the lesson we learn from the children of Israel is this. Never make problems our starting point. Make God's purposes our starting point. Don't focus upon the problems or the obstacles, but focus on the promises that God has given to you. Don't let the bigness of your obstacle overwhelm you, but let the bigness of your God sustain and strengthen you. And why? Because God can make a way through where there is no way at the moment. Now when you read this story today, you will see that there is no hint in the text that the people were overwhelmed. And this is so unlike their complaining fathers fearing death at the Red Sea as Pharaoh and his army were thundering toward them. Maybe this new generation had learned the lessons from the past. Maybe they remembered that God had sent an east wind to divide the Red Sea and to make a path through to deliver the people from slavery and oppression in Egypt to the place where he wanted them to be. Maybe they remembered that the forces of nature itself are subject to the word and the will of God Almighty. Or maybe they finally understood that their God can be trusted and fulfill whatever his purpose is for his people these people believed that God would get them through to the other side 
And may we remember today and may we remind ourselves that our God can do anything to accomplish his purposes for his people. When you read Old Testament history, he brought walls down. He fed his people in the desert. He made the sun stand still. He sent destructive hail on an enemy of his people. He brought water out of a rock. He stilled the winds and the waves. And the list could go on and on and on. And these things are written in God's eternal word to remind us and encourage us that these are the types of things that God can do for his people. God can make a way where there is no way. And if we are to cross over from where we are to where God wants us to be, then we need to face our challenges positively. How do we do that? How do we face our challenges positively? By exercising believing faith, by praying specific prayers, by filling ourselves with the word of God, by speaking words of life, not negativity, and by trusting in God. Let me reiterate the point that we're learning here today. How do we cross over? Number one, by facing challenges positively, not focusing on the problem, but focusing upon the promise and the purposes that God has made. Number two, this is very important. How and what, what can we learn from this passage about how we can cross over? Number two, follow God's presence faithfully. Follow God's presence faithfully. So here they are, the children of Israel, are camped on the borders of the promised land. There's a flooded river between them and what God has called for them. And then the leaders were sent throughout the camp with this order. Verse number three says, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests who are Levites carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. The people were instructed to move out in order to be able to cross over. They had to move from where they had been camped for so long. But they weren't to move haphazardly or carelessly or randomly, nor were they to move just for, for, for the sake of it. They were clearly instructed to follow the ark. They were told to follow the ark. Now, what was the ark? Well, it was a wooden chest that was overlaid with gold within and without. Here, here is a, a, a picture of it. Not a photo, of course, but a depiction of what it was. And according to Hebrews 9, verse number 4, the the Ark of the Covenant contained three things. It contained the stone tablets of the Ten Commandments. It contained a golden jar of a measure of manna which God fed his people in the wilderness. And it contained Aaron's rod that budded. But more important than what was inside of it, what did it symbolize? Well, the ark represented the throne of God upon the earth. The ark speaks to us of God's presence among his redeemed people. And the ark speaks and represents the glory of God revealed in divine order and worship. So the ark represented God's rule, God's presence, and God's glory. And so for the people to be able to cross over from where they were to where God wanted them to be, they had to follow the symbol of God's presence faithfully. 
And why? Why did the leaders say that you are to follow the ark of the Lord your God? And we find the answer in verse 4. For it says there, Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. They had to follow the symbol of the presence of God because where they were about to go, they had never been before. In the desert, they had been on endless cycles and well-trodden paths. But now it was time to move into something new. And they had never been this way before. They were about to go into uncharted territory. Up till this point, they had relied on the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. But once they hit the Jordan, no more cloud, just the ark, just the presence of God. This was a whole new level of their journey, complete reliance upon the presence of God. No longer visible signs, just the leading of the presence of God. Now, what does that mean for us here today? In a New Testament sense, the Holy Spirit is God's empowering and in guiding presence. And we are the priests We are the carriers of the divine presence. The presence of the Lord lives within us. And in this this day that we're living in, we've never been this way before. What is the post-pandemic world going to look like? Our lives and our work are going to be completely differently. I want to say, friends, today, God can guide us through He's waiting for us on the other side. We don't know what tomorrow or next week or next year will bring, but he does because he holds the future in his hands. And if we are to navigate through this life and if we are to take wise and courageous steps and if we are to move from where we are to where God wants us to be, we've got to follow the presence of God. We have got to be people who are following the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So what what are the lessons here? Then if we are to cross over, we need to have a strong spiritual life. We must rely upon the presence, the Spirit of God to lead us. And we must follow Him. And this demands that we have time in prayer, time in His Word, time praying in the Spirit, time in heartfelt worship and adoration of our God, time in waiting upon God in meditation, time in listening for His voice. I urge you today, keep your eyes upon the ark. Watch for what the Lord is doing. Listen to what the Lord is saying. Be sensitive to the Spirit of God. Let us not just meander through 2022. Let us be people who are following the way that God is leading us. So how can we cross over from where we are to where God wants us to be? Number two, let me restate the point here today. Follow God's presence faithfully. Number three, what can we learn from this passage about how we can cross over? Thirdly, consecrate yourself expectantly. Consecrate yourself expectantly. So the people are there. And they're camped on the edge of the Jordan. The leaders have just moved through the whole camp and told them, when you see the ark move, you must move. When the priests are carrying the ark and, and, and God is moving you on, you must follow them. But then in verse 5, Joshua told the people, in verse 5, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. In other words... God's about to move. God's about to do something. 
but you need to consecrate yourself expectantly. Praise center, are you hearing me today? That God is about to do something you've never seen before. Make a way where there is no way. Do something unprecedented to come out of a couple of years of a pandemic going and meandering endless circles. You're about to cross over into something new. Consecrate yourself expectantly. Now, in Old Testament days, it was a ritual consecration by following the the prescribed regulations to be appropriately cleansed. They would go through a series of things for, for cleansing. The actual word consecration means set apart, clean, to make holy, to sanctify. But the concept of consecration had two aspects to it. On the one hand, there was one aspect of consecration which was separation from. In other words, if I'm to be consecrated, clean, holy, set set apart for God, then I must separate myself from everything unclean, contaminated and secular that would in any way pollute my spiritual life. But the other aspect of consecration was dedication unto, separation from, dedication unto, separation from this world, but dedication unto God. And the application is, if we are to cross over, then we need to consecrate ourselves. That means separation from anything in our lives that is questionable, that is unclean or carnal. The things that we have been putting off, the secret parts of our life, the unaddressed issues within our lives or marriages or relationships that we separate ourselves from them, but then we must dedicate ourselves unto God. And dedication in the sense of Romans 12, verse number one, that says, you know, in view of God's mercy, present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. In light of the mercy and grace that has been shown us in Christ Jesus, can, can we not come before him today to say, Lord, my life is yours. I have no other ambition, no other desire than to be what you want me to be and to do what you want me to do. Therefore, God, I absolutely surrender my life to you. I want to encourage you today to abandon yourselves to him, to fully, unconditionally, irrevocably surrender your lives to him. And please remember this. Surrender is not limitation. It is liberation. Let me say it again. Full surrender to Jesus is not a limitation of your life. It is a liberation of your life. You find your identity in him. He is our life. He is our everything. And when we give him everything, we find who we really are. And when we are holy and fully surrendered to him, we find our true purpose, identity and fruitfulness in him. Let's give God all that he's asking for in our lives today and surrender our lives to him. So Joshua said, consecrate yourselves. But why did he say that? What point was he making? Well, in the second part of verse number five, he told them to consecrate themselves. He said, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. In other words, Joshua was calling for the people to prepare themselves. He was calling for the people to get ready. For the Lord was about to do something amazing. But unless the people prepared themselves through separation 
and dedication, they may not be in a spiritual position to receive what God was about to do. In other words, if they didn't prepare, they might miss out. And if ever there was a word for us here today, I hope that we hear it. All prepare yourselves, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord is going to do amazing things among you. And may we too have this same sense of expectancy in our own hearts about 2022. The Lord will do amazing things among you. After the last two years that we've just had, I am filled with an expectancy that God is going to do something unprecedented, unparalleled and unstoppable across the nations of the world. I believe that with all of my heart. And may we have a renewed sense of expectation that he will do amazing things among, among you. Often, we reduce our expectation down to the level of our experience. Instead of having a great expectation, we think, well, this is how it's been. This is how it always will be. And therefore, we bring our, our, our expectation down to the level of our experience. I want to encourage you today to have a renewed sense of expectation that things don't have to be as they have been, that things don't have to be as they are. I urge you today to expect answers to long-prayed prayers. Expect breakthroughs in areas that thus far have not yielded. Expect the Lord to do more in you and through you than he has ever done before. Have a think about Bartimaeus, who was a beggar on the side of the road year in and year out with no hope of a different future until one day Jesus of Nazareth walked by and he called out to him that Jesus changed his life. Or have a think about Hannah, who was intoxicated with sorrow because of her infertility until one day God heard her quiet prayer and answered her prayer and gave her a son that his name was Samuel. Or think about David, the forgotten son, on a hillside out there until one day God saw his heart and said, I'm going to raise you up and I'm going to make you the new king of my people Israel. In one day, with one touch, by one word, God can change everything. Therefore, let us lift the level of our expectation. In summary or paraphrase, it was like Joshua was saying here, oh, get ready for the time is nearly right. I'm about to do what I have promised. You are going to experience me in an unprecedented way and respond by consecrating yourself. For I believe this, if God is love and if God causes all things to work together for our good, and if the Holy Spirit is within us, making us more like Jesus day after day, and if our life is an unfinished life until Jesus returns, and if God is a God of transforming power, and if he is a God of redemptive purposes, and if he has called, anointed, and sent, and appointed us, and if we're living consecrated lives before him and by him, then we can boldly say today, the best is yet to come. And we need to have that sense of expectation about the future. Let me restate, re re restate this point. Consecrate yourself expectantly. Number four. The fourth thing we learn from this passage about how we can cross over from where we are to where God wants us to be. Number four is this. Fulfill God's commands obediently. Fulfill God's commands obediently. 
So back, back to the story. Joshua has just told all of the people to consecrate themselves in expectation of God's imminent supernatural intervention in their life and circumstances. But their preparation must now be matched by action. That is, obedient steps of faith. Verse number 14 says, So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. And so the priests had lifted up the Ark, and they were carrying it, and they were moving. And they were giving an instruction, when you see the ark move, you move. When God moves, you move. When God speaks, you you move, you you follow him. And so their their preparation must now be matched by action. And there comes a time in everybody's journey of faith when we must radically obey the Lord, even though what he's asking us to do may not make any sense at all. Have a think for a moment about Peter in the boat, asking Jesus to come to him on the water. And Jesus said, come. And then Peter did something astonishing. He got out of the boat, out of his comfort zone, out of his security, and he walked on the water toward Jesus. It was only when he took his eyes off Jesus and noticed all all the waves and, and felt the wind in his face that he began to sink. But he took a radical step of obedient faith. And for the Israelites to cross over from where they were to where God wanted them to be, there had to be a combination of divine power and human cooperation. I've often found in the Christian life, there is something you must do and something only God can do. And God is waiting for you to take your step and then he will do what he has promised to do. And the people had to prepare themselves for the miracle. And as we'll see, they had to step in before the Lord miraculously stopped the flow of the water. But by God's leading, we have got to take every step in the natural before the supernatural begins to unfold before us. Let me say it again. We've got to take every step in the natural before the supernatural begins to open up before us. Be obedient to what God is telling you to do right now. Let me give you a couple of examples from from Scripture about this. Do you remember that time when Jesus told Simon, put out into deep water and let your nets down for a catch? And Simon responded and said, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. Have you ever felt yourself saying something to God along the same lines that, 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 that Simon did? Lord, I've done what you asked me to do. You don't know how hard it is. I've toiled and I have labored and I've done all I know what to do. But Lord, I've had no result at all. I, I just don't know what more to do, God. But then Simon said, Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the nets. Lord, because you say so, and uh, that's the only thing I know to do, I will trust you one more time. I will do what you're telling me to do one more time. And the result was a miraculous catch of fish, so much so they had to call other boats to come along beside them to cater for what God had done. And what we learn from that story is that obedience to a quickened word from God unlocks the supernatural in 
our lives. And maybe you've tried and tried different things at different times and nothing has worked. Obey him one more time. Doing, doing what he's telling you to do one more time. And the second story is that one of Elijah on Mount Carmel when he was challenging the prophets of Baal. And after he had uh, built the altar and dug the trench and arranged the wood and laid the bulls soaked in water, he began to pray. And listen to his prayer. This is 1 Kings 18, 36 and 37. O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant. Notice this. And I have done these things at your command. Answer me, O Lord. Answer me, so these people will know that you, O Lord, are God and that you are turning their hearts back again. So in other words, Elijah has done everything he knows to do. He's taken every step in the natural. He's done what's in his hand to do. But then he called out to God for what God could do alone, which was to send the fire. And the next verse says in 1 Kings 18, verse number 38, the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice. And when all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. It was one of the greatest Old Testament revivals, all because Elijah took every step in the natural and then he did what he could do. Then he called out for what God can do. Lord, I've done everything now, Lord. Send the fire. So this is my encouragement to you. If you want to cross over from where you are to where God wants you to be, take every step that God has put in your heart to do. Obey him. Obey him because obedience unlocks the power and the supernatural strength and intervention of God. And we can prepare and we can plan and we can ponder and we can pray, but we must act. We must act where we call out and say, now, Lord, do what only you can do. And what happened in this story? Verse number 15 says, despite the river being seasonally flooded, it reads there, yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark, reached the Jordan, and their feet touched the water's edge. The water from upstream stopped flowing, and it piled up a great distance away. So let me restate point number four. Fulfill God's commands obediently. And now to the fifth and final point in this message. What can we learn from this passage about how we can cross over from where we are to where God wants us to be? Number five, maintain your faith position determinedly. Maintain your faith position determinedly. In verse 8, when the Lord instructed the priests, he, he said to them, When you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Notice that. Go and stand in the river. The faith of the priests was only put to the test when they put the feet their feet into the water. The only people who experienced cold feet were those out in front, but they had to maintain their faith position determinedly. And I want to encourage you, don't be put off by cold moments. Maybe you've taken a step of faith and nothing has happened immediately or, or maybe you've been believing for a miracle and it hasn't happened yet and there may have been a few tense moments when it feels like an eternity and perhaps no dry ground is appearing at all and maybe you're, 
Your feet are getting colder and the ark is, is getting heavier. But may we remember like the priest today, it's not what we feel in our feet that matters, but what we're carrying upon our shoulders. Let me say that again. It doesn't matter what we feel in our feet, but it's what we're carrying upon our shoulders. But verses 15 and 16 say, Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up a great distance away. In, 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 the, in the previous photo, you will see there that went, not photo, picture. When, when the priests put their feet into the water, the water stopped flowing upstream. There wasn't an immediate visible indication of the miracle, but the miracle had taken place. And even though the priests at this stage could not see any difference from the moment they obeyed, the miracle was on the way. When you do what God is telling you to do, the miracle is on the way. And I want to say to you today, Praise Center, the breakthrough is on the way. The answers to prayer are on the way. Deliverance is on the way. Provision is on the way. Healing is on the way. So what we've got to do is what these guys did and stand our ground determinedly. And I want to encourage you when you take those steps of faith, Hold on in Jesus' name. Stand your ground. And though your feet are getting colder and your shoulders are getting heavy, keep in a posture of faith because the miracle, the breakthrough is on on the way. And it wasn't long before the, the flow totally stopped. The Jordan stopped flowing and the ground became dry. And as they kept standing, the the the, the waters stop flowing. And when we obediently follow God's leading, maintaining our faith position, something happens even if we don't see the results straight away. What was the result? Well, the priests moved into the middle of the Jordan and verses 16 and 17 say, the people crossed opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. They were enabled to cross over. Let me summarize and conclude today. What have we learned from this passage about how we can cross over from where, where we are to where God wants us to be? Number one, we, we saw that we must face God's challenges positively. No matter what's before you, there may be a flooded river before you. I want to say to you today with complete confidence, God can make a way where there is no way. Never make the problem or the obstacle your starting point, but make God's purposes and promise your starting point. Number two, to follow God's presence faithfully. If we are to cross over, then we need to have a strong spiritual life and get back to prayer, get back to the scripture, get back to being in God's presence and follow him and what he's saying to our lives. Thirdly, to consecrate yourself expectantly. That if we are to, to cross over, then we need to dedicate our lives to Jesus fully and wholly holding nothing back. Number four, 
to fulfill his commands obediently, to do what he's calling us to do and asking us to do and not holding back. And number five, to maintain our faith position determinedly. Then when you take that step of faith, hold on, don't give up, don't go negative, but just keep holding on. And remember that we do not cross alone. We have the presence of God. And crossing over is not possessing the promise. It is progressing further into what God has for us. And I want to ask you today, pray center, are you prepared to cross over? Are you prepared to step out of where you've been for so long? Are you prepared to break the, the mindset of the wilderness of wandering and negativity and unbelief and discouragement and complaining and, and cross over into a renewed mindset of conquest, of possession, of inheritance, of souls, of faith, of victory, of loyalty, of, of depending upon God? And the story ends with, at the Lord's initiative, Joshua commanded the priests to come out of the Jordan. And verse 18 says, The priests came out of the river, carrying the ark of the covenant of the Lord. And no sooner had they set their feet on dry ground than the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and ran at flood stage as before. The opportunity to cross over was only open for a season. And then the water went back to the way that it was before. And why? Well, maybe because when the going got tough, the people may have retreated to what they knew and, and go back to yesterday. Oh, take us back to the way it used to be. Back to the predictable. But I want us to be clear today. When it comes to 2022, I'm crossing over. I'm not staying where I have been. I want to move into all that God has for our lives. Allow me to pray for you today. Would, would you mind standing with me, please? Out of all that I've said today, what's the one thing that was the word of the Lord to you? What one of those five points or, or statement or scripture was the, Lord, the word of the Lord to you. Would you just please just take a moment to just think about the one thing, the one thing that was the word of the Lord to you. And just in your own heart, just talk to the Lord openly, transparently about what he's speaking to you about today. And then I want to take some time just to pray over you today in Jesus' name. As we stand in the presence of Jesus this morning, I'm wondering if we could just take some time to consecrate ourselves to Him, to just, just commit ourselves to Him afresh at the end of this year, looking at the, at the transition to a new year, that we would say, Lord, I want to give you everything. 
so that, Lord, I can be who you want me to be, where you want me to be, and do what you want me to do. Please just take a moment to just give Jesus everything. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness, your faithfulness to us in 2021. We thank you for your goodness and kindness and mercy and patience and grace in our lives throughout this last year. But Lord, we, we stand here today like the children of Israel looking at a distant land. Lord, a new year full of possibilities and potential. And we are excited and expectant about what you Lord, are about to do. And I pray that, Lord, that you would work in the hearts of people and that, Lord, today your word, I pray, would work in the the hearts of people and help us to hear what you're saying to us, Lord, that we may be positioned and ready, Lord, to step into all that you have. I pray that, Lord, today something would take place by your spirit in our hearts. I ask you, Father, for your glory in the name of Jesus.